We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. And we're also welcoming Kevin Molina from 49ers Hub. And not hug, that would be really awful. And the host of Hubcast to talk about the upcoming matchup between the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, and the arch rival San Francisco 49ers. Guys, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Uh, how about you guys? Outstanding. Outstanding. Except for that whole Achilles thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the IR right now. So. Well, he's, he's old, folks. He has an Achilles problem. It's his fault. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm actually pretty good. Pretty good. 
you're hanging in there what, you know I, I am sorry just a lot of work lately, as of the last few days or so so i'm kind of in that zone where i'm half awake and half asleep well norm knows that that's his normal life that's just <laughs> <laughs> before we get started folks i want to remind you that we're on spotify tune in all those places itunes spreaker soundcloud don't forget we're also on ibeatradio.com they air our shows on wednesdays Saturdays and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, and about iTunes, folks, we have been trying forever in a day to get to 100 five-star reviews on iTunes. We're at 87. 13 away. Please do us a solid. Help us get there. We're, we're giving away a $75 gift kit to NFL, NFLshot.com. Hopefully they're buying Ram stuff, not 49er stuff. I hope. I hope. I hope. But anyways, there we go. Kevin. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure this season's not gone the way you hoped it would. Are you? I mean, is it? What's the feeling up there? Uh, equal parts frustration, anger, some sadness. It's all the stages of grief, denial. Um, I mean, I, last time I was on with you guys, it was we were doing a season preview, and, and we talked about it. And I even said, you know, they're still a year away. They were still an eight and eight, seven to nine team, and this is this is kind of the reason why is Garoppolo is kind of the ja- the game changer for the ever, you know, for everything. He was it was that that concept of you know, all ships, you know, are you know the tide rises all ships. And this is kind of it. And I think back to last season with when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, you know, and, and how bad, you know, the Packers went into it. I mean, they had they have more they have more talent at that time than the Niners do, but it was kind of an equivalent. You know, you lose your franchise level quarterback and you kind of you free fall and this is what it is. And then you you know, not only that, but right before the season they lose arguably their their most versatile and explosive weapon in Jarek McKinnon. And then we get to this point where they're one in five and they're coming into a game with a juggernaut in, in the Los Angeles Rams. Norm? Well, the, the 49ers just lost a tough one to the green Bay Packers. And you guys are now sitting at one and five. I mean, obviously I know how you feel about it, but what's the team spirits right now? Uh, you, you can sense that there's a bit of a frustration, a bit of anger. They knew that this was a game they should have won that they had in their, you know, in their, in in their grasp. They played 58 minutes of really good football, except for one play at the beginning of the game. And those final two minutes, that's where you saw the inexperience, the talent, you know, gap. And they went up against arguably the, the most talented quarterback in the history of the league. And Aaron Rodgers, and you know the end result was you know Mason Crosby kind of got rid of some of his demons at least for a week, and he you know he hit the game winner. So you mentioned earlier, just well, just a couple seconds ago, that you were on our show. You called to go around eight and eight with Garoppolo out, with McKinnon out. What are you looking at now? Where do you look at the schedule? Where do the four hours finish? Gut inst or like instinct instinctually, I think four and twelve, and I think of some of the games that they have left on their schedule. I think the Giants are s- sneaky, one of those bad franchises right now. That we, we think of the Giants, this is you know historic, you know brand, you know 
marquee franchise, but if you look at their last decade outside of the Super Bowl victories, they've been a really bad organization. They've been really badly run. And think about it, the owner just called out their best player this week. You don't you barely ever hear that out of most organizations, you know, the owner never really speaks outside of Jerry Jones. And to speak, you know, to call out your best player and telling him that he needs to shut up and he needs to play more, you can tell that things are going bad in New York. And then I look at Oakland and that garbage, you know, that kind of tire fire. And then even Tampa Bay, by the time they get to the Tampa Bay game, there might be a new head coach. And they just fired their defensive coordinator this week. So those are three games that I'm circling in terms of, all right, those are games that, you know, if the 49ers maintain kind of this level of competitiveness, I think those are games that they can definitely win. Well, C.J. Beathard's filled in for Garoppolo. So far for the regular season, he's got a 64% completion percentage, thrown for 892 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions, with a quarterback rating of 87.3 through three, through three games. Uh, how have you felt about you know C.J. Beathard's performance so far for you know filling in for Garoppolo? It's as as good as we can expect from a backup quarterback. I I mean, I think Beathard has the capacity to be one of the better backup quarterbacks in the entire league. And backup quarterback play always means that you're going to be hit or miss. It's never going to be as good as starting level talent, obviously, because he's not a starter. But it's far better than you would expect. It's not a train wreck. It's not, you know... When, when you see Nathan Peterman come in and play the way he has as a backup quarterback, you know, he is a competent, adequate quarterback, and he knows the system. He's going to be able to run it. He's going to have some little splash plays, but he's also going to have those boneheaded plays. I mean, not even if we go back to the Monday night game, it wasn't even just the interception to Marquise Goodwin or that he intended for Marquise Goodwin. It was a few plays earlier where he missed a wide open George Kittle you know, on a third down that would have helped seal that, that victory. There's a lot of things that he's going to mess up with, but there's a lot of things that he's going to do positive. And it's just going to even itself out. So the numbers you, you said, six, you know, six touchdowns, five interceptions, about a mid eighties quarterback rating, about 900 yards, 64, you know, percent completion percentage. That's, you know, arguably what you're going to get out of a good, you know, a high level backup quarterback who has to play in multiple games in a season. So now looking forward, this is a rivalry game, and no matter what these teams' records are, it's going to be tough. Whereas Rams, you never know what you're going to get. And the 49ers have played everybody tough. It doesn't matter who they've gone against. They have given everybody a game. So will they stay at this level with the Rams? Will they, will they give them a game this weekend? I think they'll give them a game for at least a half, if not two and a half quarters, three quarters. But I think ultimately at the end of the day, just the talent level of the Rams – and, I mean, you guys see it every week, how good they are. And I live here in L.A., so I get to hear it on a consistent basis, just the talent difference, especially on offense. I think they can – they push them, but there's only so many bullets they have in their chamber, especially for one game. So I think they definitely have the ability just to, hey, keep it close for a little while, and then eventually, you know, the better team, the more talented team, the team that has the momentum. I mean, you guys see it. it, it you know, the Rams are a runaway train, and yeah, they had, you know, a close game against the Seahawks and, you know, a competitive game against the Broncos, at least for a little while, but arguably you're just, your sheer talent ran out. And then think about it. You have Jared Goff, 
playing once again in the Bay Area. You have McBay versus Shanahan, so you know those two want to go at each other. You have Gurley, who always does really good against the 49ers. So you have elements here where, you know, it'll be a competitive game for a little while. And then I do eventually think, you know, the 49ers are, are a team that's prone to mistakes. And the Rams are a team that's prone to capitalize on those mistakes. So I think, are, you know, maybe a half, maybe three quarters at best. And then we see the better team kind of pull away. And now going though, switching around to the Cardinals game, is it fair to say that they seem to play at the level of their opponents? So the Cardinals compared to the Packers, so on and so forth? There, there is definitely an argument to be made that this is a team that plays down to who they're playing. But I think that was one of those weird games. I mean, I don't think any, any game in NFL history is going to have those kinds of numbers and yet have a 10-point loss, you know, and uh, like a 5-0 to zero turnover, you know, difference. So I, I think that game was kind of weird. And then think about it. The Cardinals are one of those sneaky – bad teams that plays well that that can get up for a game and they you know they had a couple elements that will always keep you in games they they have a stud pass rusher in Chandler Jones and they have an elite cornerback in Patrick Peterson maybe the best in the entire league and then you have the 49ers who are prone to a couple mistakes so I think that was one of those games where it's it's an outlier game to a degree but just the Cardinals had two blue chip talents that the 49ers don't currently have well, that game was weird, like you said, because the 49ers had the ball for 40 minutes and 12 yep. seconds compared to Arizona, 19 minutes and 48 seconds. It was like, you know, you guys had a 58% third down efficiency while Arizona had a 16. You know, it's just like you guys should have had that game by 20 if you look at the stats, but then you lost by 10. Yep. So I, I get what you're saying there. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you took away the, the you know, the score and just look at the, the actual raw totals, the stat numbers, you'd be like, there's, you know, you would, you would be like, oh, okay, this team won, like you said, by 20 points. It was easy. It was a blowout. And then you just bring in the turnovers, you bring in the dumb mistakes, and that's, that's why you ended up with that score. All right, guys, we have more questions to ask Kevin before we do. But you, do we need any shower sponsors today? And, man, I can't get the words out, Norm. Is it because we have a guest on that is a rival? Did I just get nervous? Is that, is that I, it? No, I think it's just you're you got too many marbles in your mouth, like normal. Oh my god! You know what? Anyway, <laughs> all right. Most of us are practically addicted to anything LA Rams. So, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks' Hollywood's team, Grit Glamour, the 1950s LA Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Links Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Folks, it's well worth the read. If you are a Rams fan, you love the team's history, check it out. Hollywood's team, Grit, Glam, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It is so good, even Norm Hightower read the book. He really did it. All right. Gavin, what's going on with the, with the 49ers injuries right now? 
Uh, so it, it's kind of a mash unit right now. I mean, you have a lot of players that are taking, you know, days off during the week, their offensive line, three fifths of it is, it, you know, at, on some kind of injury list during the week, you, you have the wide receivers that are, that are nicked up, barely coming back. Their second round pick Dante Pettis just barely started, uh, you know, practicing in a limited fashion today. Uh, and then you have Matt Breida, who is probably their second best offensive player outside of George Kittle. And he's he's basically – you ever seen uh, Monty Python? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where, the, where, where you see the night he gets on – keep on getting cut up and he keeps on fighting. is like, you know, I can still go at it. It's basically that. You know, he, he's a guy who's constantly injured, but he's going to gut it out. So I think – because it's Wednesday, you know, we still have a couple of days and you know, obviously we still have a couple of days, days until the game, you know, they're going to play it for the most part. I don't think many guys are going to be out per injury, but I do think that it's just going to be, it's a team that's constantly nicked up. It's just a flesh wound. Exactly. And I mean, <laughs> think about it. When, when you have a, a team that's young and inexperienced that doesn't know how to keep their body fresh during the week, how to keep their body fresh during a game, the angles to take when you make a certain hit, angles that you take so you don't get it, you know, you don't get hit in a, in a weird area. So that's kind of why you see so many injuries with a team like the 49ers or any young team is because they, they don't know how to take a hit or how to give a hit. So you, you constantly see them getting hurt in, in, in weird kind of fashions. Well, right now, what are the 49ers' strengths and weaknesses, you know, and and how do you think they're going to match up against the Rams? So their biggest strength is is their offensive line. Their offensive line, you know, last few years has been kind of a malign unit. It hasn't been a unit that's gotten a lot of praise outside of Joe Staley. But this unit so far, you know, is led by Staley, led by their first-round pick, Mike Glinchy, led by their, their star free agent acquisition in, in Western Richburg, has been really the, the, the strength, the backbone of the entire team. And their running game is bounced off of that. I mean, I think they, they rush for the third most yards, you know, per game. They're, they're I think, 5.1 yards per carry, which is top three in the league. So if you that is probably their best area of you know kind of strength, and I do think this is that's an area where they can match up at least a little well with with the Rams. I know the Rams are known for for having you know that big front, but that big front you know there there can be gashes on them, and I think those are kind of the runs that that Shanahan likes to throw at them, and I, I do expect there to be a little success on the ground in terms of the air. I mean, you, you guys would know better than I would, you know, especially with Marcus Peters being nicked up, Akeem Tlaib being out, how that's going to impact things. But, you know, outside of that and George Kittle, that's kind of the core of their offense right now. What about on defense? How do they match with the Rams on defense? Oh, <laughs> man. How can I put this in a nice way? Don't worry about being They're... nice. <laughs> just, just lay it out okay. there for us. There are, there are times where they can be a really sound unit, and then there are times where they can they can act like the worst defense in the entire league. And I don't know how I, – I know McVay is going to attack them. I know Goff is going to attack them. Um, the only thing you could say is that the 49ers have been, you know, at least the best part of their defense has been, you know, the run defense. 
but I don't know how that's going to go up against Gurley. I mean, the Rams, you know, we talk about the, I just talk about the 49ers offensive line. The Rams offensive line has been probably the best unit in the entire league. So that's going to be kind of a matchup between the offensive and defensive lines in terms of that. Um, I expect McVay to challenge them deep, test, you know, Adrian Colbert, their free safety, because he's made a number of mental mistakes this year. And obviously you see McVay when he sees, you know, he sees a weakness, he's going to pick at it. So I think that's going to be how he attacks him. He's probably going to attack him over the middle. Um, you saw Aaron Rodgers do that. He put he try, he got Devontae Adams on Reuben Foster, and Reuben Foster is an incredible athlete, probably one of the best athletes at the position. But there's no way he can hang with a wide receiver in a significant way for you know. And so I expect him to do that, match him up with you know Brandon Cooks on him. You see you know what that kind of matchup would entail. I think that's how you the, over the middle is where they're going to attack and deep. Well, you got you got guys like uh, you know Aaron Donald, Donovan Sue, Michael Brockers up front. Last week against the uh, Broncos, you know the Broncos have a pretty formidable formidable rushing attack. You know with uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, I think they were rated number one in the league. Uh, until they met the Rams. And I think the Rams finally figured out what was going on with their running game because they held them to under 80 yards rushing for the game. Uh, Not only that, but the Rams' defensive line has been pressuring quarterbacks, not necessarily sacking them, but pressuring them more than anybody else in the league. Do you expect that to be a problem if the Rams can stop the run and put pressure on Beathard? Is that going to be tough for you guys? Definitely. I mean, we, we saw it with that the interception that Bethard threw at the end of the game. You know, Petten didn't respect Bethard and his ability to operate under pressure. So he sent seven, he sent seven, uh, what's it called, defenders at him. And that's what ended up with the interception. And that's what ended up giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, where he ultimately won the game. I expect very much that. I expect a similar game to the game that versus Denver, where you see a little bit of success. I do think they'll have more success on the ground against the Rams, given that, that, that Shanahan has faced Wade Phillips a couple, you know, a number of times. So he understands what he's going to throw at him defensively. So I, I expect, you know, some success on the ground. It's obviously not going to be, you know, 200 yards or anything like that. Um, I do think they're going to pressure the hell out of him. I do think it's going to be, this is a game where he can have comparable numbers to the, to the numbers case Keenum had last week versus you guys. Well, what about special teams? How do you see the four Niners now on special teams and, and how they work the punting game, kicking game, so on and so forth? So Robbie Gold is a stud place kicker, and he is cons- as consistent as consistent can be, and he's really good. Where they have some weaknesses, Bradley Pinion, he – I'm just going to – he's probably not going to be on the team next year. I think they're probably going to move on from him. He has the ability to be a really good punter, but he's so inconsistent that you no 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 you don't know game to game what you're going to get with him. Their return game, they're relying on on really young players. Your two their two primary returners are Richie James Jr. and DJ Reed. You know, a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick to be their 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 returners. So you're getting a lot of inexperience. They they you know I think it was. It was DJ Reed who had a fumble early on in the game versus Green Bay, and then it went to Richie James. He was a little better, but you know, you, you you're going to see. I expect John Fossil, or is it John? Yeah, it's John Fossil, right? Yeah. To take, try to take advantage of that and prey on an inexperienced returners. 
Um, so outside of Robbie Gold is kind of hit or miss with what you get. Well, the Rams signed uh, wide receiver Nick Williams today and cut Cairo Santos, their kicker from last oh. week. So that pretty much tells me that Greg Zerloin's going to be back this week. So there's a little news for you. Oh, wow. You guys are getting Legatron back? Yep. We are. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's like a most field, like, they got their kicker back. I'm going to get a press now. That's what it sounds like coming from you. Oh, well, I mean, my reaction was, I mean, they're going to be kicking, you know, he's going to be kicking PAT, so it's not really going to matter. <laughs> Jeez, confidence. Well, that, that'll take a No, no, This is the way the Denver Broncos podcast went last week. The guy was like, well, you know, I don't know why you're doing any of this. You're going to kill us. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, it, it's to me, it's not a matter of confidence. You know, I'm always going to love my team. I'm always going to believe in them. I'm always going to champion them. But at some point, you do have to be realistic here. You can't just say, oh, they're going to be the giant killers where they haven't seen shown the ability to be giant killers yet. You know, they're, they're the situation with the 49ers is so many of their key personnel is hurt or is way too young or way too old. And so they're kind of in that position where this is only the second year of a massive rebuild. So when you're in the second year of a massive rebuild, your your level of expectations has to be lowered. It can't be, you know, expecting 11 and 5, expecting a playoff run, expecting a Super Bowl run. No, it has to be it's incremental progress that has to be made. It's so weird so, that you're talking about that, though, because you you were the one of the few people we talked to that were 49ers folks that you were you were basically saying whoa whoa slow down slow down eight and eight ish eight and eight ish so this is where they are right now during the entire offseason this was like the four irons are going to compete for a division title they're going to be they're going to be up there and all of a sudden a couple injuries happen and they're one and five and you're looking like the smartest guy in the world right now in four irons land so how how at this point how far away are the four irons really from being where you hope they will be. Okay. So I do think getting Jimmy Garoppolo back in 2019 is going to, is going to jumpstart everything again. I think getting Jarek McKinnon back in 2019 is going to start everything again. If I had to forecast, it's probably going to take another two off seasons to kind of get the roster where it needs to be. I mean, think about it, you know, with you guys, you guys went through a long period of less need, kind of incrementally building the roster to where it went to, and then finally where they got they got to last year, and then they made that massive kind of influx of talent during the offseason. They haven't gotten that yet. They haven't gotten to that part yet. It's that whole adage: you have to crawl before you can run. You have to, you know, you have to, you have to crawl before you're able to walk, before you're able to run. So they're still in the crawling phase. It's going to take a couple more off seasons because, I mean, think about it. Just, just odds in terms of hitting on draft picks, hitting on free agent signings. At best, if you get between what thirty-five and fifty percent of of your additions during an off season actually contributing or even starting, you're you're in the gold. You're, you know, you're in the black. And so it's this kind of position where the 49ers still need more time to to purge what was before that, you know, the the, the scraps of the roster that that was left to them and kind of bring in their talent. So that that way you're you're adding more and more talent and you're letting that talent develop. That This is the thing I always preach to everyone. And it, it doesn't matter regardless of of what you know sport it is, what team it is, wh- whatever position in life. 
you're not going to be great at your job or whatever you're trying to do from this from from day one. Very few exceptions to that rule. Aaron Donald is one of the few kind of dominant players to come in and from day one be dominant. Things like that don't happen. It takes time for young players to develop. You know, these guys are, are coming in at 21, 22, 23 years of age. I mean, I don't know where you guys were at that age. I know where I was. I was not ready for a massive amount of pressure, tons of money, expectation, criticism, all these things, and, and depend on athleticism that your athleticism goes when you're 28, 29 years old. So you only have a couple years of true athleticism. So, at, at, you know, there's that giant mixture that they're getting thrown into a vat of, 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 of a just new life that they're not used to. So they need time to process. They need time to develop. So that's where I'm at. This is, this is going to take time. And there's nothing wrong with that because everything in life to get where you need to go takes time. Norm? Well, that sounds pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I would, I would agree. I think, you know, the 49ers are, I think they're a little closer than what you're saying, but I understand where you're coming from. And, and I would agree that, you know, if not next year, probably the year after is probably when you're going to start seeing some, some significant success against everybody, but the Rams. I mean, just think about it. Look at Jared Goff. Think about where you guys were his rookie year to where he is now. Is what this is his third year, yeah. So to go from being a rookie, being considerably, you know, being arguably the worst starting quarterback in the entire league during that stretch of time where he was starting, to being considered as a MVP candidate six games into the season. Yeah, no, I it, I hear you. You know what I mean? There, there's wow. a, a gradual process to development that we expect players to be great from day one. And yeah, obviously that's the hope and that's the desire. And if you get it, great. But there it, there does need to be patience with young players because like anything in life, you do need patience to evaluate. Uh, in fairness, though, you got, you have a mind in San Francisco who's much more creative right. than Jeff Fisher ever was, and that's who Jeff Fisher – I mean, that's who Jared Goff had his first years. Jared no, Fisher. No, for who, sure. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you have that advantage as well. Offensively, you guys – you know, you, you hey, look what, you, look what you did to a Packers secondary that's supposed to be rebuilt. No. I, so instead, the potential's there. Okay, real quick here. Uh, Norm's got to do the Golden Ram Barbershop. Our buddy Sal does a great job, and – well, you got to give him a shout-out. Here he is. Now it's time to give a shout-out to our longest-time sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like that old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's, it's like a shrine to the Rams. It, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But it, Sal also provides that really nice old-school barbershop experience talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me 
Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal. All right, folks. We got to let Kevin go. Kevin, before you go, though, we do want to hear your prediction. What's your final score on Sunday and why? 31-20 Rams. The reason I say that, I think, like what I spoke about earlier, I think they're going to be able to make a game of it for at least a half. I think the 49ers are really good starters. You've seen the last couple weeks, just the first drives that, that Kyle Shanahan have been able to put together. So I think definitely they're going to be able to score early. As the game goes along, there's going to be that dead period. Like any team that's inexperienced and young and just missing talent, they're, they're going to fall in, into certain traps. And I think it's probably going to be a close game going into the fourth quarter, and then you see the Rams' talent just kind of pull away. All right, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for coming on. If you could, hey, throw a shout-out to where people can find you on Twitter, uh, find your site, all your podcasts. Go ahead and please, shout that out, please. So you can find me at Kevin A. Molina. I'm def- I'm always willing to have conversations with regardless of, of the topic, regardless of the team. I, you know, I love talking to fans from other fan bases. It's always really cool just to get different perspectives. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts of, of Hubcast. And then our website is the49ershub.com. And our handle on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook is 49ershub. All right, dude. Thanks so much for coming on, giving us your perspective. We really appreciate it. Uh, and I guess we'll see you again in a few weeks when these guys, when these guys play each other again. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you guys want me to come on, I'm more than willing to come on. Right, awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Kevin. So much, really man. appreciate it. Uh, you guys have a good night. Norm, good luck with the recovery, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good night. All right, folks. We're not done yet tonight, okay? We're, we're, this is just part one of our preview podcast. For the second part, we got to invite you to come with us over to Downtown Rams' feed. Before we go, though, we do want to say, hey, we're looking for sponsors. Reach out to us at ramstalk 1945 at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a voicemail also at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit that's ready to get out to you. It's really important to us that we reach out to anybody who wants to talk to us about sponsoring. We, we love to work with our partners and I think right now we're to the play, a place with our advertising that uh, it's well worth it for you. So there you go. Also, our trivia question. Let's see, Nor- let's, Nora, see if you know this, okay? What is the most points scored by the Rams against the 49ers? And what year did that take place? Hmm. I, I don't. I don't think I know it. You don't think you know it? No. Well, I guess you'll have to wait, see if somebody else, you know, sends us the answer. So there you go. There's a trivia question. It's at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. I can't believe you don't know that. You've been alive for about 50 years before that happened. Uh, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> Maybe it's dementia. Okay, folks. So, for the rest of our preview podcast, head on over to Downtown Rams' feed. You can see it on Spreaker. Go to their Twitter, their Facebook. You can find all there. Give them a follow. And, uh, hey, tune in for our post game this weekend when all of us are here going through all kinds of Rams 49er shenanigans. Check us out on Twitter. Talk Rams on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Also, me personally on Twitter, DC Paula, Norm at Norm Hightower. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. Subscribe, please. So, for Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Apollo. It's another Downtown Rams.
Adios. Arrivederci. Sayonara. Goodbye. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.